0: This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Amen and amen. If you will go to the book of Philippians chapter 1 and we are in lesson number 2. And I think that you were streaming last week and we had started talking about being focused and undistracted. And so uh, this is going to come off of the first teaching. This will be teaching number two of being focused and undistracted. Are you following me? And we're teaching on this subject of focus and undistracted so that in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of whatever's going on in your life, you can stay focused. We'll see what we discovered last week. And then this week we're going to move on a little bit in some of the scriptures in Philippians and start, began to break it down. So last week, uh, and I think, I think the most difficult thing for believers And those that love God. The most difficult thing that I find in the body of Christ, the most difficult thing to achieve is for saints to just stay and hold the course. They love God, but it's so difficult to hold the course. Because situations and circumstances come in their lives, and that's when it gets shaky and this gets them to a personal place where they're trembling and they're not holding the course. God wants us to hold our course. To stay on course and not be distracted. There's many distractions in the world. And you'll have many of them. And they'll be on and on and on. They'll be in your marriage. They'll be in your relationships. They'll be in your home. It's distractions. But you got to recognize them and you have to avoid them. Especially when you stay focused on what God has called you to do. Because God has already laid out a plan for your life. And it is easy to be distracted from the mission that God has called you to. Amen. So we don't want to be distracted in the place where God has called us to. We want to be able to move forward. Many times, many times, saints have no problems in moving right along and doing things right. I mean, you come and you hear messages and you like, yes. And then somebody come in your life and say something negative or give you a prophecy. You were doing good. And they come and tell you something and all of a sudden you're not doing so good. See, that's a distraction. That's a distraction that, that you lose your focus and you don't, you don't want to be that. You do not want to be that person that any little thing someone says and does is going to distract you from where God has placed you. That's the way things are stolen from you. That's the way the Word is stolen from you. That's the way everything begins to, to take shape in your life and you life, like, Well, you know what? I was doing fine until I heard this. Until I heard that. And then the distraction is there. Or something happened in the family. All of those things are normal things that will happen all the time. You cannot let it distract you. You cannot be unfocused. In this time, especially in this time that we live in, there is no time to be unfocused. Because soon as you be unfocused... Let me tell you, something's going to come in and wipe out everything that God has done in your life. And you're starting over simply because I did not stay the course. God's course doesn't change because of a pandemic, because of your finances, because of any situation. I must stay put. You can't change God's plan because something changed in your life. If you try to change God's plan because something changed in your life, you have been distracted. Because what you are now saying is, God, you didn't know this was going to happen, so I need to adjust your what you told me to do. Because if you knew this was, happen, was going to happen, you would have did something else. No. God knew everything and knows everything that's happening in your life. And whatever he told you to do stands, no matter what. Until your last breath, it stands. God never changes his instruction. He adds on. But he don't say, oops, I made a mistake, let me change it. He he will never do it. So you can't say he said one thing, and then after your circumstance change, you change everything. That's not. You have now been distracted. Amen. And actually this morning I want to look in Philippians chapter 1 and it's, it's really exciting what it's talking about here because it's talking about walking in, and being in an undistracted manner. How I can be in an undistracted manner. We discovered last week one of the purposes of the book of Philippians, Paul wrote to the church of Philippi, is to exhort the church. And he's, he, wants to continue, he wants to exhort them about their present attitude. I love Philippians. And I had told you all to read the whole book of Philippians. And I hope some of you did. And then you could see how much uh, honor he was giving them for staying on one accord, in one place, with one mind. And this is who we want to model this church after. The church of Philippi. And we need to understand that we need to have this present attitude that they had. It was difficult to distract this church. This church was on point. It was very difficult for someone to come in. It wasn't that difficult in in Corinth. It wasn't that difficult in Ephesus. Many things were going on in all, those churches. But when it came to Philippi, because they were on one accord in one place and one mind and prevented distraction from coming in, they just moved forward. They grew immensely. And Paul was very encouraged by this. And if you ever want to encourage one another, just be on one accord. Just be on one accord. As a matter of fact, God said that it is almost impossible to stop people that are on one accord. They can get anything done. Remember when they were building the tower of to the he said, let me go down. Because these people are on one accord. And they're going the fool around, get themselves in trouble trying to build a tower to heaven. He said, let me go down before they actually build it up and then They start dying and doing everything else. Because when people are on one accord, they can do some things. Did you hear me? They can do some things. It's called being on one accord. And so while, when he came back to Macedonia and he would go to the church of Philippi, when, whenever he would go to the church of Philippi, he would always give them, give them credit. He loved going there. And he loved going there because he knew where they were. He said, when I went there or when I heard from sometimes he would be gone for months of Sundays. And, I mean, just, I mean m- months of Sabbaths or whatever. And he would hear about them. Or he'd come see them. And they was either where he left them or grown. And he loved that. They were never falling back. They were, they were constantly growing. That's what a pastor wants to see. Is that people are growing in the faith. They're moving forward in the faith. They're moving into a place where God can use them. God wants to use each and every one of us here. But you've got to get rid of the distractions. And the thing about it is, we don't understand that distractions can come from family members. Losing focus can come from family members. It has nothing to do with your love walk with them. This is where people keep missing it. They think when you tell them that, that you're telling them, don't love your family. No, you love your family, but you can't be distracted. You cannot be distracted. Amen. Now, we learned that spiritual growth is is the ability to hold on to that which is good and build upon it. You cannot just have it. You need to build upon it. Whenever we change courses and get distracted, then we lose the foundation that we we started when we started building up. Whenever you lose focus, you lose ground. And then you go back and say, okay, okay, I'm back. No, no, you've lost ground. You've lost ground because you've been distracted. Amen. And and use this on something superficial. It's not even that important. What is important is what God is speaking to your life. Are you with me? And so this church had a way of taking care of those things. You know, they had a church that had a, a a way of building on what they learned and what they grew in and what they were taught. They would build upon it. They would stack it up. They were watchmen on the wall. They were wall builders. Once they had it, they say, "Let us build some more. Let us build some more while he's away." They were constantly constantly building. Ask yourself, in the 2 years have you been building on what you, have been lear- have, what you have learned and what you've been taught. Because we haven't missed the beat in the teaching. You have to ask yourself that. And I like the way, well, it, it, you know, being spiritually, spiritual and growing is a thing that has to be. And I like what Second Peter chapter 1, you don't have to go there, you can write it down. Peter said it a little differently. He said, add to your faith virtue and to your virtue knowledge. He said, what you believe, don't lose focus with what you believe. Don't turn loose on that which you already have learned. Add to it. Don't Because of circumstances in your life, don't change what you've learned. Even if what you've learned is not manifested in your life, don't lose it. Because you've learned it. You've got to build on it. Like, okay, I'm building it up. I'm building it up. I have to. Are you with me? I like to add to your faith knowledge. Add to yourself knowledge that you might grow and that there, that you there be spiritual growth. That's the main thing is spiritual growth. And one thing I believe what, what keeps you coming to Church of the Living Water and keep you coming back is that you know you're going to be taught. You know you're going to get the word. You know you're gonna be see, you would be kinda antsy if one day you walked in and all of a sudden I get up and say, You know, you haven't been good to me, and you were wicked, and I'm I'm I'ma go find another church to preach at, to teach at, or to pastor. But see, you don't you you don't even give that a thought. Why? Because of what you've learned and what you've been taught and what you've seen. That's very important follow us as we follow Christ. And see I, and the reason why you will never see anything like that is because I never base my actions on what you do. I can't. I do I base my actions on what God has called me to do. I can't say, "Oh, well, they you know, they don't care nothing about me. I'm going to do that." I don't base my actions on what, No, no, I can't I can't do that. Because then that would I would be in a in a in a, in a bad place. I would be in a dark place if I base my decision-making process, if I base anything on the way I think you should be and you missed it and you weren't. Never. I always, always base what I do on the fact that God called me to do it, not on what you do. Just know that. I'll never have any, any type of... That's how I stay focused. That's why I don't like people to try to tell me what somebody else did or what else somebody else said about me. It does not matter because that's my, my focus. Are you following me? It cannot be my focus. That is, I, I'm undistracted. I'm undisturbed. Why? Because I know what God has given me to do. So I push forward in that. I have to stay there and stay there and stay there and stay there. When it gets hard, I got to stay there no matter what. If I got to ride off by myself, I got to stay there. I got to talk myself into what I have learned and what I've been taught. You'll always have an opportunity to walk in what you have been taught. Are you with me? Then, also last week, we said that we should. Not be led by the need, but by the spirit of the living God. We are able to see that Paul was on his way to Asia, and we saw that the Holy Spirit forbade him to go. So like God, the Holy Spirit said, "No, you know, I know that they need this in Asia. Guess what? They needed it in Asia then, and they still need it in Asia now. But God wanted him to go west. So even though there was a need there." The need wasn't greater than what God tells you to do. Because God knows the tomorrows, you don't. All you know is the need. So and so that should let you know, just because a person has a need, don't mean you should run to it. Because God might have somebody else to run to it. And you just feel like, well, I just wanted to meet a need. Yeah, but, but did God tell you to? Sometimes God is allowing a person to go through what they're going through, things that they put themselves in, for a reason. And you want to step in without the instructions of God. Amen? So we just don't run to needs. We make sure that we follow what God has ordained us to do. Listen, whenever there is a need, wherever the Spirit of God is, He will meet that need. And it doesn't have to be through you just because you know the need. I had it, so I just went, but wait a minute. Did God tell you that? That's how a lot of times you get distracted. I'm just showing you little ways that you will get distracted. Amen. And this it won't, this wouldn't have nothing to do with ministry. It just have you just I'm gonna do it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. We are called to the same ministry that Jesus is called to. And guess what? Jesus didn't meet every need. Read the Bible. And the ministry that Jesus is called to is to seek and save that which is lost. We gotta stay focused on that. We have to bring life back into the area, bring it back to the place where we have life more abundantly. The people that we come into have life more abundantly. The word have, you know, the word said that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Now this this is the thing we have to understand. It said Jesus came, not you came. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. It didn't say Alba Hill came to destroy the works of the devil. It said Jesus He came. So this morning, what I want to do is I want to talk us, talk to us about how how to walk in the the area that has been destroyed by Jesus. So see, we're playing into it. But Jesus said, I came to destroy the works of the devil. Don't you believe that he did what he said he was going to do? Yes, he destroyed the works of the devil. So now, why are we defeated? Why are we having problems with it? We should be overcoming in this area. Because he said, I came to, to destroy the works of the devil. If you believe he did it, why is it that the devil is destroying us? With mere distractions, just getting us on focus. He gets us off focus in our bodies. He gets us off focus in our minds. He gets us off focus in our finances, in our relationships. He'll just get something to come up. And you find yourself, whatever you think on the longest and talk on the longest, that's the strongest in your life. Is that all you talk about? If this incident, let's talk about this again and again. That's the strongest in your life. You got to be able to say, you know what? This is getting us on focus. Now wait a minute. This is getting us all focused. Let's back up and let's, let, let, let's get this thing under control. Because this is a distraction. That's how so many people don't ever know what God has called them to. They stay full of distraction. Amen. Everybody say, Jesus came. Jesus came to destroy. Not you. Jesus came. If you believe in Jesus, you believe he got that strength, you believe that he could destroy the works of the devil, then he did. Hold on. I'm I'm just laying out the foundation for something. Amen? Now, as far as it is uh, of his works, the Bible says, now, he destroyed the works of the devil. Now, you don't give any place to the devil. That's your point. You're not here to try to help destroy the works of the devil. That's been done. But he said, but I want you to give no place to him. Hmm. Once I give place to him, I'm distracted. He said, I want you not to give any place to him. Now, another thing that we learned, we've learned that God is a spirit. We understand that the devil is a spirit. And we also understand that we are a spirit. We talked about that before. And we found out that in the natural, everything has to oper- that operates in the earth realm need a natural body to operate. They need a natural body to operate. Remember, we talked about that. The only natural authority in the earth has been given unto natural man. The authority that's in the earth has been given to the natural man. Yeah, You. If God wants to get anything done, it must be through a man. If the devil wants to get anything done, it must be through a man. Did you hear me? It's the same thing because the devil is not a man, he's a spirit. And he needs a natural man to work through. Are you with me? And if you and if and we're natural, if, if, if we're spirit, and if we want to get anything done, we need a body to get it done in as well. Once we're outside of the body, we can get nothing done. People that have gone on to be with the Lord, they can do. They can. They're out of the natural body. They can't be here. They can't operate here. You need a natural body to operate here. Amen. So actually we are in control by virtue of what Jesus did. Listen, we're not in control by virtue of what we did, but what Jesus did. So we can't conjure up something. A lot of ministry trying to conjure up something. They're trying to scream it out. They're trying to, to give you bags, to throw it up out, you know, they all kind of things to you know. No. All we have to do is walk into the fullness of what Jesus have already done. We don't have to deal, We don't have to be dealing with demonology, and people have built whole ministries off of demonology, and saying this that I'm, people have had home ministries. Now they got the deliverance mem, uh, ministry. Now, listen, I'm still talking about Philippi, but let me tell you, I'm working this morning, and I'm moving with God. And I might not be working on the need, but I'm being led by Him. Somebody has to hear it. Are you following me? Listen, understand this. Because I don't know what you believe, but but if God is leading me this way, I'm going this way. There is no possible way that a believer can ever be possessed by a devil or a demon. Not a born-again believer. They can never be possessed. By a demon. So, see, we see whole ministries be like, oh yeah, just bring them in and we'll cast the devil out of them. You know, they, they're talking about people that are supposed to be saved. Now, I'm going to tell you one thing right now. There's no way that the Holy Spirit and the devil can live in this body. They both can't coexist together. So, how are you going to be a believer and be possessed? Oh, we're going to go over to Sister So-and-So's house and cast the devil out. No, if you go over to Sister So-and-So's house, you go to get her saved. You're going to get her saved. I'm talking about you. So, see, the fact that you said Sister So-and-So, you said she's a believer. There's no way that she's possessed. I know you think this has nothing to do with but it's very important to being distracted. Very important to us understand that. Amen. So the Holy Ghost and the, the devil cannot live in the same body. Somebody has to go. And it's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit stays. So again, if you go into Sister So and So, you're not going to cast out a devil. You're going to get a saved. And once you get a saved, guess what? Can't nothing stay there. Because what? All things are new. All things are of God. Once that happens, it has to go. Whatever it was. But she first got to get saved. I want you to know that. It's so very important. So what the devil is doing in this day and time, and especially in this time, I'm very cautious on everything about this. And you notice our ministry, we don't play into the demonology thing and a whole bunch of casting out and all that kind of stuff. But listen to me closely. What the devil is doing now, he is running believers from church to church to church to church, trying to find out where they missed it. and Just distracted. They're believers. They're like, okay, well, what do I need to go? What do they do? Well, girl, if you come on over to our church, girl, we got a mighty deliverance ministry. And they're like, oh, yeah, I mean, so I want to go there. I want to go here. And that's the enemy just distracting them. And, so, I mean, even some people with great callings on their lives just distracted but behind the enemy having them running to and fro. Where did I miss it? Where did I miss it? And then they like, okay, we, well, we need to do this. We need to do that. And then, the, the, then they go to another church. And then the pastor tell them, well, this is what you need to do. And We're going, you know, you need to come. And you need to bring a necklace. And you need to bring this. And you need to bring a picture of them. And you need all of that to Playing around with stuff. But we're going to find out in Philippians, God said, I don't want you intruding on that kind of foolishness. And any time. Anytime you see in the scripture where it talks about intruding, it means you don't belong there. You don't belong there. Jesus has already destroyed the works of the devil. Are you with me? Well, listen, Jesus finished the work. And you must believe that he did finish the work. It's done. You got to know that. You got to understand that. You got to say, I get it, and I see. He finished the work. I don't have to be caught up in those things. I don't have to say, Well, maybe I have a spirit. Oh my God, we got this thing about lust. Mm. Lust is not a spirit. Man, they got a lust problem. They just got a spirit. No, no, no. Lust is not a spirit. Lust is an emotion yeah I heard they were fornicating and they were committing adultery girl, bring them to our church. we'd we'll cast the devil out of it. It's no devil. that's a desire. Listen, understand this: the devil don't like sex. he's a spirit, but he knows you do. He knows you do, but he's not trying to have sex. he's a spirit. So, all of this that lust is a spirit, fornicating is a spirit, and adultery is a spirit. No, none of those are spirits. We, done, we, we would never have a service here where we're casting out the devil because you, you know, a lying spirit. No, you're just straight out lying. It ain't no spirit. You having sex outside of marriage, you ain't got no demon, you just like sex. So whoever it is and whatever it is, I'll have sex with. But that's not a demon. You're not gonna. Nobody is going to. Let me pull this earring out before before Rod come out. But because nobody, none of that is demonic. All of that is called flesh. All of it's called flesh. It's just your flesh. Yeah, God cramps the style of the flesh. And he should. And see, because we see him, Jesus, as he is, see, there is no darkness in him at all. And see, we we don't want to... Fully give ourselves over that. That's why we can be distracted. It's because we're not finished doing some of the things we want to do that's against the Word of God. Oh, everybody's been there before. You don't really want to hear God because you you really got just a few more things I want to do. It'll get you distracted. Jesus said, I want you to live and move and have your being in me. In me. See, nobody wants to be in him. Because then, it, when, when, when I'm in him, I'm focused. When I start veering out of him, I become distracted. Conversations. There's no spirit. It's your flesh. Amen. Amen. The Bible says that you get tempted when you're drawn away by what? Your own flesh. Your own lust. Your lust is just the flesh. It didn't say you are tempted when you're drawn away by people. By your boyfriend. By your girlfriend. You're, not drawn, you're drawn away by your own lust. And that's where the distraction will always be, and it'll, it'll, it'll get you in serious trouble. And see, we just don't want to stay in the center of his will. And the reason why we don't, because see, my boyfriend is not in the center of his will, so I don't want to stay. Oh, my girlfriend is not in the center of his will. So I don't want to be. See, you want to straddle the fence. I want to be saved, but if my boyfriend is not quite into it like that, now I'm straddling the fence. That's a distraction. Oh, a few little things you still want to do, that's a distraction. And see, that's it. You want to dibble and dabble, and that's the problem. That's why you can't stay focused on the things of God. You want to dibble and dabble. Now the Bible tells us in the book of James that God does not tempt us with evil. Neither can he be tempted with evil. God doesn't have any evil to tempt you with. Everybody say it's the flesh. You're drawn away and enticed by your own lust. Did you hear me? You can't even say, you know, I do good until it's always this one person. If I go be around, see how you do your foot, you can tell that you're just all focused. It's just when I really come around just them, you know, I'm fine until I see them and then, you know, I always fall with you, you know what? That's something you have to deal with. That's flesh. That's all that is. It's nothing, No, nobody's going to say, well, come up here, let me pray this thing out of you, and come up here, I'm going to lay hands on you, and I'm going to make sure that the devil be cast out. None of that. That is a flesh problem that you have to say, i got to deal with this. This is my mind, this is my lust. That's all it is. It's not love, it's lust. And it will drag you further than you want to go. Did you hear me? And you can't get rid of your own lust by rebuking the spirit; it don't work that way. Ooh, he's fine. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus, but have you noticed it never goes away? You can't, you can't rebuke your lust. You got to deal with it, man. She, I mean, and then you even say Jesus, and what, Jesus is like? I'm seriously. I know you didn't call on me with all that lust. Jesus, that girl is fine. That's something you have to deal with. It's nothing that's going to be, nothing going to be cast out. Nothing that's going to be, pray for me. Uh Uh-uh. That's a waste of prayer. See, people always just want to pray. Pray for me for this. Pray for me for that. Some things are not a matter of prayer. Some things are matter of you putting that down. I ain't praying for nobody to say I just had this thing about with lust, and I just, you know, can you just pray that, you know? You, no, I'll never forget uh, Big Al. He's a grown man now, and I remember he was a young boy, and he used to come up here to church with him, and he said, "Ain't Al I, I just want. Can I just want? Can you just pray for me that I stop lying?" <laughs> Probably still lying today. He just prayed for me that I can stop lying. We still laugh about that now. I said, you still won't pray up for lying. He just cracks up laughing. But, see, you can't pray that thing off. That is something you have to address. If you're dealing with anything that has to do with love, you have to deal with that. You have to say, you know what? That's why you come to church and you sit here and you stay until you learn, you learn, you learn. Well, it'll help you. It will make your life much easier in the future. Know this. Lust is not a spirit. Lust is a natural emotion. Please write that down. Lust is a natural emotion. That's all it is. Let me tell you, there is something natural. That's all it is. Sleeping with different people is natural. The natural flesh likes that. Again, the devil don't like sex, so don't worry about trying to cast him out. Go with me if you will right quick to James. We'll come back to Philippians. Keep your deal there. Go to James chapter 1 right quick. We're going to get back to Philippians. Again, I'm not being led by the need, but by the Spirit. Now, in James chapter 1, beginning at verse 12, now this is just, uh, this, to me, this is just simple as ABC. This is simple. It, it, I mean, verse, chapter uh, 1, verse 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. Endureth temptation. Does this say anything about casting out the Spirit? Now, that word, the blessed, there means to flow with God. Everybody say, flow with God. So it's saying here, and it wouldn't change this, flowing with God is the man that endureth temptation. That endureth temptation. Doesn't say you can cast out anything. Look at verse 13 and 14, "Let no man say, when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted he any man. but every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed with his own lust. Does it say God that the man is drawn away by the devil? No, his own lust. Did he say that he was drawn away by God? No, his own lust. Did he say he was drawn away by his neighbor? No, his own lust. Well, it seems to me that verse 14, it says that when you are drawn away by your own lust, in other words, there's something in you that you simply have to overcome. And you overcome that by staying in the Word. Stop! See, we're lazy. We want a quick fix. You know, just, just cast out. You know why people like, to, I, I found out why people like to cast out devils? Because there's no effort. I cast that out. You, you don't put in no effort to do anything. There's no effort. If you could just cast it out, I don't need to do nothing. No. Now, that word endure. That word endurance is painful for the flesh. Because it means, I'm going to go through something. That's what it means. Something is going to happen that I'm going to have to go through. He said, endure it. That means the temptation is coming. But those who endure, you're going to go through something. Terrible word for the flesh. They don't want to endure. The Bible says the one who wins the race is not the one that... The, it's the one who... Not the one that run the factor, but the one who endures to the end. It's like running a mile, and you breathing and huffing and puffing, and you got two more blocks to go. That's, that's, that's how you endure. Oh, oh, and you plan you to pull that last two blocks. That's endurance to make it there. So endurance means things are going to happen. Things are going to come up. What are you going to do? Endure. Don't give in. Are you with me? My question is when people say, you know, casting out a spirit, and I know you think this has nothing to do, but listen, follow me. Follow me. What do people mean when they say cast out a spirit? A spirit of any kind. I want to know, what do people mean when they say cast out a spirit? First of all, you have to endure, because it has nothing to do with with a spirit. Endurance means that it's going to take some effort. It means that it's not going to be pleasant, and it means it's not going to be easy. That's what endurance means. It's not going to be pleasant. It's not going to be easy. And it's going to take some effort because I have to endure. That's why a lot of people can't fast. Because, see, if you, if you have a week's fast, you've got to endure the first day. You've got to endure the second day. And, you know, by the time the third day comes, you know, you, you're feeling better. But you've got to endure those two days. But you can't even believe if the fourth and fifth day God will start speaking to you so clearly, let me tell you, you'll forget, you'll, forget, you'll wonder why you ever ate. But you've got to get through the first and second day and the third. And that's the point. Everybody's like, oh, and nobody can even remember or think about the fourth and fifth day because they're too busy worried about the first and second day. Oh, okay. You, you, you're too busy trying to find out what's meat and what's not. Well, I guess if I do keto. Well, I guess if we do, you know, I guess I can, you know, do a vegetarian. You know, everybody's trying to plant. See, you spend spending the first two days just trying to endure. Okay, what can I eat? First well, I think I started next Monday then because I got to think on this. It takes effort. And then when you actually start doing the endurance come in on that first day because your tail is hungry. You forget what you're what you even fasting about. You're so busy thinking about food. That's when you endure the temptation and say, no, we're going to do this. Speaking of that, we're going to talk about fasting real, real soon. Be like, oh Lord, I hope, I, I, you know, I hope I'm not here that day. I get it. It's going to take effort. Endurance. Amen. So whatever you're struggling with, understand this. You have to endure to get rid of it. Did you hear me? Did you hear me, young people? Whatever you are struggling with, you're going to have to endure to get rid of it. We're not going to build a church here on casting out devil. You know, whatever is wrong with you, we're not casting out any spirit. You're going to endure. Um, there, I'm not casting out any spirit of, because there is none. No spirit of love, spirit of fornication, spirit of being broke. No, spirit of being broke is you don't work. No, spirit. That's not no spirit. But but I'm telling you, whole churches have built whole churches behind it. Uh, no. Oh God, you make being a Christian not any fun. No, I'm making it real fun because I'm gonna give you the truth. And I know, see, a lot of times we like all of that, all that action stuff, and all that, you know, casting out and, and people foaming at the mouth. Oh God, you know, God is really doing that. But Jesus already came and destroyed the work of the devil. He already done that. <laughs> Listen, you're not gonna get me to wrestle with no demons. Did you notice I found him? Pastor didn't either. Because there's no demons. Everybody that I know belongs to this church is born again. So why would we come in here wrestling with demons? Just Just enough to get you a distraction. Whole churches are distracted behind that kind of stuff. They have whole church service full of that. And everybody in there is distracted about the will of God. Because that's all they want to see. They're excited about it. I love all of that. I love seeing people. I love seeing people get delivered too. I see y'all getting delivered now. I don't need you foaming at the mouth to get delivered. I don't need you falling down to get delivered. I I don't need to cast out nothing. You get delivered when you get truth. You don't get delivered just because somebody is saying they cast out. They got a deliverance ministry. Jesus said, I came to destroy the works of the devil. So what are you doing? We're going to find out in just a minute what, you, what you're doing. I mean, people spend their whole vacation following around ministries to get this to, to happen? Powerful deliverance ministry. Powerful. No. I don't go to those meetings. And I don't recommend you go, but then you can go wherever you want to. But I don't recommend you. I don't go to them. And you know why I don't go to them? All these deliverances. This is what I want to know. When they're casting out, of, out the spirit, deacon, where do the spirits go? That's what I want to know. Now, now, now see, i got Bible for this. If you're casting out a demon, that's what, where do they go? Because remember what you've been told. The spirit needs a body to operate here. And i got scripture for that. Remember the man in the galleries. Remember when he ran upon Jesus? And Jesus cast the devil out? And even the spirits told him, You can't do this, Jesus. You know we need something wrapped around us. And what did Jesus do? Put them in the pigs. Because they need a body. And what did they do? They ran themselves off a kicked and killed themselves. That's what people are doing today. They're running their emotions and killing themselves. Cause so I want to know, and all of them... I want to go and see that devil cast out. Where is he going? Where did that spirit go? Being that they need a body. See that? that, that, that if nobody can answer that, because it's sure not scriptural. So next time somebody says, "Oh, God, you got to come," I went, and you should have seen them casting out there. You could tell it; they shook, they shook, and then they were still. Well, you should say, well, where did that spirit go? Because it needs a body. It can't stay here. No spirit can be here without a body. Good or bad spirit. None. So that kills that. Why? Because Jesus said, I'm already destroyed the works of the devil. I don't want you playing around with that. I don't want you dibbling and dabbling in things and intruding on things that you have not seen. I'm going to get to Philippians. But I'm following his lead. Very important. See, this is where distractions are coming. And see, I, don't, I can't forbid you from going anywhere. You can go to any meeting you want to. You can go to any church and business you want to. But I want you to be aware when you go. Because then when you beware when you go, you'll run out of there. And say, oh, no, that ain't right. So, I want to know, whenever you're casting out spirits, where do they go? Now, I promise, I'm going to Philippians, but before I go there, let's go to Colossians. I'm I'm getting there, don't worry, don't worry, you're fine. Colossians chapter 2. See, if we spend all of our time talking about what the devil is doing, there's no way you can worship God. You're distracted. And if you fill a whole service casting out devils and talking about the devil did this and the devil did that, and I'm casting them, you cannot worship God. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 18, are you with me? It reads, "Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary hum- uh, a voluntary humility in worshiping of angels or demons. Intruding into those things which you have not seen, vainly puffed up by his, his fleshly mind." He said, "Intruding on things you have not seen. Listen. Follow my lead, intruding on things. Let's read it again. Let no man beguile you. I don't care how popular they are. I don't care how many thousands go to see them. Hey, the road is wide that leads to destruction. It's narrow that the ones that truly find the right way to go, so I'm not surprised that thousands go. Look at eight. Let no man beguile you of your reward or what you have learned and what you've been taught in a voluntary humility of worshiping of angels or demons. That's what, that's what that means then. Demons. Intruding into things which he hath not seen vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. He said, I don't want you intruding on those kind of things. Mm, mm, mm. Somebody should have just said hallelujah on that. Listen, if you could handle the devil, God wouldn't have sent Jesus. You couldn't. Jesus took care of it. If you could handle the devil, Jesus would not have to have gone into hell and get the keys. But this is what's so powerful. Jesus went into hell I don't believe. Well, the Bible said he went into the lower parts of the earth for us. When he died, he went in the lower parts of the hell and he took the keys, popped Satan upside the head and took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. But this is what's more powerful than ever. He didn't give any of us the keys to those but he did give us the keys to the kingdom. He said, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom, but I'm going to keep these keys. He said, there you go. But the keys of death, hell, and the grave I'm keeping those. I don't want you intruding on that. Why? If I get, he wouldn't trust us with the keys. I'll give you the keys, then you go down there a play with the devil. I uh, uh, give you the key. I need you to stay in the kingdom. So I give you the keys of the kingdom. You stay there. Don't you worry about death, hell, and the grave. Because it has its time. He took the keys. He said, that's why he said, I don't want you intruding on those types of things. I'm driving this mess out of you because this kind of stuff, you don't see it now, but when it happens, you'll say, I'm glad I learned that. I didn't see how it played all in, but I see it now because it's going to be very important in the next year of your life that you understand this. You don't have any control over any demons. Jesus destroyed their works. He said, now this is what I would, what you do have control of. Put them under your feet. That's your job. Put them under your feet. Hmm. If you could have handled the devil, Jesus would not have had to come. He wouldn't have had to go to hell and take care of the job for us. Listen, understand this. The devil is anointed. Don't you know that? The devil is anointed. He was anointed in heaven as Lucifer. And the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. God never took the anointing back. That's why he had to send one that was highly anointed. Above his anointing to take care of the job, which was Jesus, because the devil is still anointed. God didn't say, "Oh no, now you you messed up, so I take it back." No, He said, "The gifts and calling are without end." And guess what? The anointing is the gift. The devil is anointed. See. When we think of anointing, we just think of it all oh, with the grosser. But you can be anointed to do all kind of foolishness. He is. God didn't take it back. He just sent a more highly anointed one to take, take care of business. To do what? To destroy the works of the devil. And he did just that. The highly anointed. And this one, look it up. In Ezekiel, see you have to pay very careful attention to words. In the book of Ezekiel it talks about the fact that the devil was in heaven. He was in the garden of Eden. But listen to me. But when it got down to the devil's anointing, it said he is the anointed cherub. See, he was, was, but he is the anointed cherub. He still is. And he uses it for the, 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 the disadvantage of believers that don't understand God's word. You don't understand God's word, He'll take, he's anointed to take you fast. But Jesus destroyed his works and said, If you put him under your feet and give him no place, he has no you have to give him permission he has no permission he has no permission, has no permission. but you don't even know that you think you're giving him you're giving him kudos. the devil who be careful for that devil what Jesus came and destroyed his work. He's under my feet. The devil can't do, listen, the devil can't do anything to you but what you permit. Now, he will harass us. That's as much as he can do. And if you fall to the harassment, what is harassment? That's like him running around. Just keep walking. He can't do it. He's just harassing. Hmm. Now God sent Jesus and he destroyed the works of the devil in Matthew chapter 16. Write it down around the 13th and 19th verse. And, 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 and I, I like what Jesus said. Jesus said, I give you, that's where he says it in verse, about verse 19. He said, I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. You got a key, and I like in the book of Revelation, chapter one, verse 18, he says that he kept the keys to hell. So don't go intruding there. I don't want you intruding there. I don't, you, you, can, you don't go intruding there. You have no keys to, that, to hell. And I love the fact that he gave us keys to the kingdom. I love the fact that he didn't trust me with the keys to hell. He didn't trust us to the things of demonic forces. That's why we don't have to wrestle with them. I don't care. I know. I know a big ministry that's into it. I do too. Big doesn't make it right. He said, let no man beguile you. Is that ministry ran by a man? And I'm not talking about gender. Men, I don't get it's a woman. He said, "Don't let them beguile you." I'm telling you right now, I don't want you intruding on those types of things. Amen. I, and and I love that he kept. I love that he kept the keys and gave us the keys to the kingdom. And, he, and even after we lost the battle in the Garden of Eden, he still gave us the keys to the kingdom. And then send his only begotten Son to straighten matters out. So, what do we need to do is get on the inside of him, live, and move, and have our being in him. Jesus said, I kept the keys. In Mark chapter 16, he says, You go into all the world. All I want you to do is go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's your job. Just preach the gospel. And as you preach the gospel, demons are going to flee. Demons are going to flee. You don't have to set up an exorcism service. I mean, whole, whole denomination sets up exorcism service to get rid of demons. God doesn't want us doing that. I know you can't believe me because I don't live in the Vatican. But I'm telling you, what God don't want. If Jesus destroyed the works of the devil, what are you doing all of that for? He said, "Preach the word." He said, and when you preach it, he said, "Signs are following." I will confirm the word with signs following. You'll be able to cast our devil. Not you, but him. He's going to do the casting out. You are doing nothing. Yeah, see, de- demons don't hang around me. Didn't hang around my founding pastor either. Because in him we live and move and have our being. And he confirms his word. Always. So anytime you're concentrating on demonology, are you so interested in going to the deliverance, the big deliverance ministry, more than likely you're out of the will of God. More than likely you're out of the will of God. Why? Because the Word said it. The Word says, look, Jesus has already destroyed the works of the devil. Amen? Now, listen to me closely. One thing that God said... To us, is what we need to do. We need to speak the truth and love to one another all the time. This is the way I'm I'm showing you how to stay focused. Everything out of our mouths should edify. Everything should build up the believer. Should comfort the believer. Everything that we talk about should exhort. Edify and comfort. Even the chastisement should be a comfort. The Bible says, when we speak to one another, let everything that comes out of your mouth be an inco- Build up. When are we going to learn to just build one another up? When we do that, our results are going to be peace. Instead of putting each other down, when are we going to build each other so we can have peace? The Bible says, Jesus said, "I come that you might have peace." And he wants you to have that abundantly. He wants you to be peaceful all the time. Peace is a good place to be. He'll give you that peace that passes understanding. So when you fellowship one with another, you should comfort one another. Comfort one another with these words. You know, never bring doom and, you know, prophesy doom over. over. So I had a friend that told me, you know, I was ministering to her and talking to her. And then she called me the next day. She said, you know what? I call him a flake. She said, somebody called me and she told me who it was and, and told me, I see a spirit of death over your child. And she said, you know what, I had, because I me and her had already been talking. She said, I told them I reject that in the name of Jesus. I reject that. And then she said, the plate said, well, oh, maybe it's my child. Now, you see how crazy that is? See, they're just flipping all over the plate. Okay, well, then if it's not yours, then it might be mine. Now, that's just Flaky. And so you get caught up in that, you'll be like, oh my God, I don't want my child to go. you get caught up in all of that foolishness, prophesying doom and gloom. The body of Christ has to stop that. Intruding into things that they have not seen. Vanity puffed up in their flesh. Want to act like they've seen something they have not seen. Are you with me? Look at Colossians 18. We going We're going. I mean, verse 18, again, "Let no man beguile you of your reward in voluntary humility and worshipping of devils or angels or really demons, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind." I want you all to get that. It is fleshy, not spiritual. Did you hear me? It's fleshy, not spiritual. It's not highly anointed. not. Oh, that's so not. No, it's fleshy. I'm trying to get you to get this. And I'm telling you this, and I haven't got to Philippians because I want you to be strong Christians. I want you to be strong believers. And this is, all of this need to be in place in your life. Strong believers. I want you to be strong in the Lord. and the power of His might. Not our might. And this is the way you be strong. When you know all of these things that happen. When you hear family members talking about things like this. You have family members in this stuff. Now, you don't have to go and show them what you know. But you can teach them better. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Not the devil's might, not your might. Don't be strong in somebody's gift, but in the power of his might. Oh, they really anointed. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the armor of God. I don't care how how good the gift is. Be strong in the Lord. That's what's happening. You're being dressed this morning in the whole arm of God and you don't even get it. You're being dressed and you don't even get it. You think this is just, we're just talking about something, but God is dressing you for something. He's dressing you for something that's coming. He's dressing you, preparing you. You better get it. The Bible says, after you're dressed, then stand. Stand in righteousness. Stand there. But your Lord is good about the truth. And you know I like when it says, and your feet shard with the preparation of feet. And you know why it says feet? Because the feet is the carrier. You got to carry the good news. You got to carry what you've been taught today. You got to carry it to and fro. God having given you the spirit of fear. You can do this. He's giving you love, power, and a sound mind. Well, now a miracle is about to happen right here right now. Go to Philippians chapter 1. That's the miracle. Finally. Here's the miracle. Philippians chapter 1. You'll be okay. We have one service. You okay? You know what? It's amazing. It's amazing. You can go to the movie and look at a 2-hour movie. But you come here where God, oh my God, really? Oh my God. But you can look at Godzilla versus King Kong for three days. See, that's, you have to start learning to be hungry for the things of God. You got to be hungry for it. You you know what? You get comfortable when you're hungry for it. You'd be like, I want more. I want more of that. I want to be able to share this with somebody. I want to be able to share. I know somebody in this and I want to be able to share it lovingly. But share it. And I want to be on point with it. So are we in Philippians? I took a whole study and a half to get to the first verse. <laughs> Oh, listen, I got the spirit of life, so do you, and I'm saying to you today, everybody that belongs to this church, I'm not letting you die, I'm not letting you die, we got too much work to do. I, I'm not letting you die. Let me tell you, I'm not letting you die. You know why? You just want to go to heaven and have fun and relax. I've had enough of everybody that's going to heaven and they enjoying it and everything and we got work done here. You ain't going nowhere. You just gonna stay here and help finish this work. I need you here. I don't need you here with no trouble. I need you here to help finish the work. And let me tell you, if you call yourself dying on me, I'm going to ask God, now God was at that time. If not, let me tell you, I don't do funeral service. I don't want to do funeral service. I, um, you know, I'm past that. I just can't. I, I just can't. I just can't. I'm just not there yet. But I'm telling you, if God tells me no, they wouldn't. I'm going to have a whole nother message. And you'd be like, Pastor, why you wake me up? I'm going to say, now get up. Cause you ain't gonna No, 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 no. If you're here, you need to help do the work. Trying to get sick and die. No, no. I ain't letting you die. Spirit of life. You we got a work to do, and I need every one of you doing it. I need everyone that are here under the sound of my voice doing it, making it happen, helping me get where God wants this ministry to be before I leave. So you ain't leaving before me because I got we got work to do. Y'all are like what? So where am I? Cause see now y'all mess me up. Oh. <laughs> uh, so we are going to finish this battle. Are you in Philippians chapter 1? Okay. Uh, Philippians 1 verse 1. Paul and Timotheus, the servant of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi, with the bishops and deacons. Now, he's going to say some strange things here To You know, and... Uh, It, 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 just, just, just follow me with this. You know, all the get ready to hear some things in 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 this book of Philippians that's going to just show you about the saints of Jesus Christ. Now, notice how peace followed them. Verse two: Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus. That's the omnipotent power of God. The things that keep us from falling. And what God has called us to do. He said grace and peace. The ability to keep us from falling. Keep us from failing. Look at verse 3. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Always in every prayer of mine. For you all making requests with joy. Verse 5. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Notice that the church at Philippi they were fellowshipping in the gospel. We need to fellowship in the gospel. Now, when a church stops fellowshipping in the gospel and starts intruding on things which they have not seen, let me tell you, you should be let me tell you, you should leave. If, if your church is not fellowshipping in the gospel, and you see they start intruding on, where, where, uh, uh, on things that they shouldn't, you know, and it's very important, especially for Latinos and people of color. It's very important that we be very careful with this thing about intruding in demonic areas and, and everything. Because, see, we already... Because that's how we end up like the people over in Africa. See, we already have a tendency to go toward that way with spirit things and, and everything. And, and And when you get caught up in it, It'll take you further than you want to go. So since you're already leaning toward that, like, yeah, I know a little bit about that, and 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 so-and-so in my family, they entered this and they into that. See, you're already leaning on that. So we have to be very careful. Because when you see those things, it excites you. You know, you've heard all kind of family stories about spirits and this one coming back and this doing that and this... intruding notice that they were fellowshipping in the gospel we don't want to be messing around with spirits because when you start messing around with spirits notice that the ministries that mess around with that all of a sudden God is completely out of the picture you don't hear about God so much it's so busy casting out the devil you don't hear about Jesus a lot. You, you see, you're distracted. You're, you're off focused. They don't talk about them, but they talk about deliverance and casting out devils. Get away from God in the picture. And many churches have. So when we fellowship, how do we fellowship in the gospel? How did they fellowship in the gospel? And that's why they were such a strong church. I don't want to fellowship in any other way. In the gospel. And what is the gospel? The good news. So we all more, always have to be encouraging. We always have to be building up, exhorting, always drawing the best out of someone. Especially in the household of faith. Showing, you know, yeah, Always showing them the positive side of the gospel. Never. There's no negative side of the gospel. There's negative foolishness that you're talking about, but there's positivity always in the gospel. That's what we should be talking about. I like what Jesus said. The devil. Remember when Jesus said, "I'm here, and the devil has nothing in me." That's so what we need to be able to say. The devil has nothing in me. He said, "There's no darkness in me at all. Not even a shadow." There's no darkness in God at all. Not even a shadow. Always showing us through the word the positive part of the gospel. And I like what Jesus said. I, you know what? When he said that the devil had nothing, the devil heard it. The devil heard it and he knew it. Look at verse 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he which had begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So he's going to continue to build on that which you know. So anyone comes to you with anything uh, different from what you've learned and what you've heard, And try to dig up the foundation that has already been planted in you on the inside as it relates to Jesus Christ. You already get away from them. I don't care who it is. If they come telling you anything against what you've learned and you know to be true, get away. Why? Because God is trying to complete a work that He has begun in you and he has begun a work in you. Caution, women, got a little cautionary for you. If you have a spouse that's not saved, or not, you know, and you've been praying for them for a long time, or they just not walking with God, you've been praying for them for a long time. Listen, the moment they get saved, or the moment they start walking with God, listen to me closely. The devil is not going to go after them. The devil is going to go after you. Did you hear me? He, the devil's not... You know what? If you read the scriptures closely, the devil don't haggle with men too much. It's always women. And the reason he does that is because that's where the first fall began. I mean, my God, if it worked at the beginning, just keep it real. Let's just go back. I mean, think about it. Go back and look at the scriptures. I'm not saying he doesn't mess with men. I say, but he messes with women more. You know, when, when the big deal with Moses that came down, the big squabble and everything that went down with Moses, who started it? Miriam. Yeah, but yeah, but her brother was with him. Yeah, but she, he was influenced by it. And how do you know she, that he, uh, uh, he was influenced by it? Because when they got thrown out of the camp, who got leprosy? Miriam go to the woman in the garden of Eden the woman that's where he's going to come he's going to come to the woman and he's going to come to you I'm going to even show you in the book of Philippians he loved to go to women And he comes to him because that's where his first success was. Pretty good deal for For, for an enemy. That's my first one. Just keep going right there. Oh, my God. He hasn't changed. He hasn't changed. And this is not to discredit women. I'm a woman myself. It's just a statement of the Scriptures. It's the truth. Are you following me? Now, I want you to understand that he will beguile you by showing you something that is, is pleasant to the eyes and desirable. One of the things that I've witnessed myself, one of the things that's, uh, uh, that's really pleasant to the eye of a woman, is a good old-fashioned ministry casting out devils and people throwing up. and Women love that. Women be like, oh my God, amen, amen. And the the husband kind of step back and be like, okay, well, I'm going to see you at home. Because and women love it. They love all of that kind of stuff. I have seen it with my own eyes most of the time. If you go and look at services with all of that, watch who you see the most of. Women. You see some men, but most of them's going to be women. Because women can get off into that. But the women here are going to be sharper than that. No, 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 no. We're sharper than that. They love to see casting out demons. Getting folks healed. Well, really? Did you see that? Slobbering on the floor. Oh, I mean, that was really something. It came right up. Women. Most men don't get into it. Amen. Look at verse 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you, it, uh, work in you, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You have heard me say in time past, I've always said it, and you can go back and early teach it. I say, where well, there's a proclamation of truth, there's always a demonstration of power. And some of you might remember that. Where he said, in defense, that is the proclamation of truth. In his defense, that's the proclamation of truth. The confirmation of the gospel is the demonstration of his power. He'll always demonstrate his power. He has power in his name, but the, pro- the 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 proclamation of truth is that's his defense. It's the truth. God's word is true. So one man does proclamation of truth, confirmation God does. Okay? See, right now, me as a man, uh, now, and I'm not talking gender, me as pastor is giving you, uh, uh, right right here, right now, a proclamation of truth in what I'm teaching. God will demonstrate the power. It's His power. It's not mine. It's His power. Remember, black. The man that flows with God. The man flowing with God. is blessed. You are blessed. See, it's God and man working together. The Bible teaches us that we're working together with him. God and man working together. God demonstrating. Man proclaiming the truth. God demonstrating his power. Notice how Jesus handled Satan on the mountain. He proclaimed truth. Of God's word. He just kept speaking the word. Have you all ever read all of that when they was on the mountain? He kept proclaiming God's word. It is written. He never got distracted. Off off focus. See, he never got caught up with what he saw. Even when he hadn't eaten for 40 days, when he said, you can command these, I command these to turn bread. Now most of us would have went for it right then because we've been so hungry. But he was not distracted. He was still in a body. And he was still, of course, hungry, but he stayed focused. Because afterwards, angels came and ministered to him. Food. But he stayed focused and undistracted in the midst of hunger. So in the midst of illness, in the midst of uh, bankruptcy, in the midst of financial, you still got to proclaim truth. You're not going to make God a liar. It's not your power. Don't be afraid to proclaim truth like ill. Well, I might proclaim it and it might not happen. It's not your power. That's not, you're in God's lane. Your job is to proclaim truth. His job is to demonstrate the power. That's our problem. We're scared to proclaim the truth because we're scared it won't come to pass. It's not your power. It's not your, it's nothing nothing in your ability to get it done. But where there's a proclamation of truth, there's a demonstration of power. But if you throwing around negativity, all oh, trying to put it, wrap it around some truth with all the negativity, you cancel out the thing. I'm going to proclaim truth till my last dying breath. Till my last dying breath, I'm going to proclaim the truth. But you got to believe the truth. Did you hear me? God destroyed the works of the devil. Verse 7. Even as it is neat for me to think this of you, of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both are in my bounds, and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers of my grace. Ooh, I like that, I like that, I like let, let me go back up and read, because I'm going to stop at the semicolon, and I, I'm, I'm going to stop here, because I have a lot more notes, but I'm going to stop here, because we can continue. Even as it is meet for me to think this of you, uh, think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, in as much as both in my bounds. Listen, Paul loved this church. I love the way he loved this church. It was a great, great church. And sitting here, he was in jail. So you got to understand what. Where Paul was. Paul was in jail and he was lonely for fellowship. He wasn't lonely to get out, he was lonely for fellowship. And he told them how he missed fellowshipping with them. He said, Everything that's going on here, you know, everything that's happening around me, you know. I just longed for fellowship with Philippi. He didn't long for fellowship with the church at Corinth because, you know, Corinth was busy speaking in tongues and committing adultery. He wasn't longing for them. Ephesus was busy. They were busy getting caught up in a God called Diana. He didn't long for them. But Philippi was on point, on one accord. He said, I long to fellowship with you. While this man is in jail. That's why he could say, I've learned to be content in whatever state that I'm in. In whatever state that I'm in. I've learned to be content. Why? Because even in this state. He wasn't talking about, I need to, they need to get me out of here. Somehow, he said, I just want to fellowship with you all. Mm, mm, mm. I love that. In prison. In prison. He's thinking about the church. In prison. See, this lets you know how powerful Paul was. Now, here he is in prison, and here he is. He's got good news for them. Always encourages them, encouraging them in good times or bad times. For Paul, every day wasn't Friday, but but he loved this church. See, this kind of teaching, this is not motivational speaking. This is truth. This is truth. This is not motivational speaking. I'm not trying to just motivate you. I'm trying to get you to get a truth that's so down in you, nobody can fool and trick you. Whether you stay in this church or not, you are not going to be fooled and tricked. Are you with me? Hmm. I want to do 8 and 9, but I'm going to do verse 8. For God is my record, how greatly I long after you, all in my bowels of Jesus Christ. Verse 9. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. Now, he just, he, he just said it right there. He said, I long, how I long to just be with you. And how you? I I just wanted to grow more and more because he knew and he understood how they were. They were. They were just growing by leaps and bounds. And they because they were writing them letters, he could see it. I'm I'm trying to drive home to you that this is a man in prison. Could you talk like this in prison? This man was in prison. And he said, I want you to have knowledge, and I want you to be able to judge. Meaning I want to keep you established. I want you to be able to judge in your relationship with the word of God. And people these days, they don't want you to judge them. They say you're a judgmental. But don't you you know that that the faith will judge the world one day? We're going to be judges. And he's telling them, he's like, I want you to grow in your judgment. In your relationship with the word of God. This judgment here in the body of Christ. That's what we need to do. We don't want the devil to have us bewildered. We don't want the devil to, to have everything going wrong with us. I'm not going to finish all of this, uh, but I will finish it on next Sunday. But I want you to know, because we're going to be, we're, we're, I promise you next Sunday, we're going to just stay right in Philippians. But, I, but you know what, I had to follow my lead. In my study time, I had to follow my lead instead of the need. I had to follow the lead in the leading of the Spirit of God. But I want you to know that these things, I know you don't see where they all fit in. You'll see as I continue to teach. You'll see where all of this fit in. You don't see it now. You don't see what I was teaching, what it has to do with your life now. But I promise you, when it happens, you will know without a shadow of a doubt, That's what that teaching was about. I got it now. It made the difference. It showed me things. It had me look at things different. It had me uh, prepared. Because remember, we're still in preparation. But God is trying to get us to a place where we can understand and we can know. We know how to live and move and have our being in Him. We know how to stay put. We know how to say, God, I'm staying exactly where you want me to be. I'm staying focused. I'm staying undistracted with everything that's going on. Because, let me tell you, every one of us got something going on in our lives. Everybody. I know when you're in your own thing, it doesn't seem like nobody has anything going on but you. Nobody's in trouble but you. But, oh, no. Everybody has something going on. But God is the answer to it all. His Word is the answer to it all. Not intruding on things that's... Stop calling everything a spirit. Stop calling that. Say now that's nothing but the flesh, that straight flesh, and then look at it that way. Say no, I'm not going I'm not getting, I'm not intruding on those things that I have not seen. I'm staying focused. We are a focused church. We are a church that's gonna move forward. God is laying a track for us, and we're getting on it. We're staying. I know, I know you don't understand it. Don't worry about it. It'll all come into play. And you will thank me one day that you heard this. You will thank me one day when it brings some of your family members out. When it brings you out. When everything changes. And you'll be like, God, I've learned how to not be distracted. Just looking at those things. Never, ever lose focus on what God has called you to do. Never be distracted about what God has called you to do. Don't get frustrated. Don't get disappointed. Don't feel like, oh, how long, how long. Don't, don't, don't try to put a timing on God. God's working things out on your behalf. God deals with your will. He deals with your way. He deals with so many so many things in our lives that He has to deal with. We want Him to just do like this, and God said, "But you have set so many things in motion." And I I don't know if you all remember this, but years ago. I said it and i said say it again. A lot of times we put a lot of things in motion years and years ahead of time. And then when things come up years later, we forget about. That's where it all started way back then. That's where it all started. Payday comes in because why? You've been intruding on things that you didn't have, no business intruding on. But thank God for Repentance. I can repent, get back in right standing with him, and move forward and say, Father, oh God, you know, I forget. Because remember, when you repent, God is looking at your heart. Not just you saying you repent. So if anything or any situation is going on in your life, then you need to examine yourself and say, Father, where am I missing it? And if I'm missing it, and and I I mean, if you've heard something today... That made you say, you know what, I've been calling this a spirit, that's a spirit, but no. Or oh, you might have said, I've been giving the devil credit. And I've been, you know, I've been I've been uplifting the devil. I've been giving him honor that was due God's name by just talking about him. But now I understand that his work has been destroyed. His work has been destroyed. Now all I have to do is walk in what I've been taught. Stand to your feet.
1: This has been a teaching
0: message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.